0: The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by Dr. Joshua Vinny. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we turn and study your word this morning, we pray that you will, through your spirit, give us insights that you will shape our hearts, that uh, you will um, encourage, you will uh, lift us up as we see your glorious gospel. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. In, uh, In the Thursdays, or most of the Thursdays, the faculty is starting a series through uh, Isaiah 40. Um, I think we'll make it all the way up to 53, um, taking sections from within there. Uh, and, and I get to begin this series with Isaiah chapter 40. And, and as, I, as I read through it um, to prepare for it, I was struck again by how many memorable passages are in this chapter. And I seriously contemplated just reading it for the chapel, um, because it's really hard to improve upon it. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll try to do a little highlighting, look at uh, a couple of the passages within chapter 40, and, uh, and how, they, how they fit together. Um, but as we, as we start and think about that, uh, Isaiah chapter 40 begins, in many ways, a, a new section in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, the 8th century prophet, ministering in this time before the exile, is used by God to give words of comfort to those who will have gone through the exile. To those who will have experienced God's judgment brought about by the Babylonians, brought into the, um, the exile. And this is his words of comfort, that they will not be forgotten. And as, as, we, as I thought about that, it at least struck me that this shouldn't seem as something odd to us. Critical scholars have much trouble with that. Um, how can this be? But really, Moses, he gave this prophetic pattern uh, in the book of Deuteronomy already as he foretold the exile and then also foretold of those who would come back from that exile. Um, And so chapter 40 sets a theme that we really will find uh, borne out uh, in these other chapters that we'll look at. Uh, God will save his people, and we can see that right there in verses 1 and 2. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins." Uh, as we as we read that, one thing that uh, um, we can we can ask, and scholars have asked, is who are these imperatives addressed to? These are plural imperatives. Who who is to comfort? Uh, who is called out to provide comfort here? And looking at this section as a whole, um, a number have have argued. Uh, that the setting is very similar to Isaiah chapter 6. Uh, the heavenly court. Uh, and this is God speaking in his heavenly courtroom, uh, addressing those around. And, and we, we will find in verse 3 and then in verse 6, there's these voices crying out, and many have uh, identified them maybe as angelic voices uh, who are carrying this message um, for God. Uh, but... But more so, who is brought up into the heavenly courtroom? It's the prophets. Uh, The prophets are brought up there as those commissioned, uh, those called to bring God's message to his people. But as we move through this section in Isaiah going forward, we'll also see that it's this one particular one. This servant who is the one who really fully takes up this commission. And you think of perhaps Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim this good news. And Jesus, as he claims that fulfillment um, in his life. In in our immediate context, these words of, of comfort... Uh, are picked up in verse nine through eleven as Jerusalem and Zion are personified as as ones to bring um, this this message, uh, and so verses nine through eleven we hear, Get up to high to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news, lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news' Uh, and as, as we read those words of, of, of comfort here, now we're seeing it expanded as, as Zion and Jerusalem proclaim this out. We see what is crucial is God will save his people by coming, by his presence, by being with his people. And, and taking that, we can now back up, a little bit, back to verses 3 through 5, where this cry to comfort is followed up by this voice crying out. Uh, Verse 3, a voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. Uh, The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough... Places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That is how this salvation is coming about. It is God coming, and He is bringing His people with Him. And as we hear those those words, we should think of a second Exodus. This, uh, right, in the first Exodus, God brought his people out of Egypt. And why did he do that? To be with them. As the tabernacle is formed, as he is there with his people, I am your God, you are my people. And now we have the second Exodus. Bringing the people out of Babylon, uh, God coming and restoring them. Uh, Restoring them to uh, his land and his people. And as we hear these words, we know how the New Testament uses them. We know how John the Baptist comes preparing this way of the Lord. And he prepares that way for Jesus, God incarnate, bringing this greater exodus, this greater salvation. But I want to point out something else we find in chapter 40 here, is it also deals with the people's disillusionment, their questions. Look up at chapter 40, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? And my right is disregarded by my God. As these words of comfort are are going out, as they're being addressed um, to these people, these people have many questions. They have been in exile for what seems like a long time. They have grown old. In exile, many have died in exile, a whole generation has passed away in exile. All they have known is judgment in that. And so, my way is hidden from the Lord, my right is disregarded by my God. There are questions that they have. And I would argue we see questions also earlier in a passage that is familiar to us, but I would suggest maybe we need to read it and see it in a different way than we've often done. In verses 6 through 8, we have this command to cry, this question about what to cry, and then we have this statement that follows it about grass and people. Uh, and um, following a number, number of commentators, I think what we need to see here, as we read it, is these are the questions, the concerns that the prophet is raising. The one who will bring this message. And then God's response in there. Um, and so, verse 6 there, we get this voice. A voice says, cry, cry. Maybe this heavenly figure um, bringing to the prophet this command to send out the message. And uh, and this prophet figure says, What shall I cry? Or maybe even how shall I cry? And we, you've maybe often read what it comes next as the message given to him. Um, but instead I would suggest that... Uh, The rest of verse 6 and 7 is actually his question. His wondering about how can this word of comfort be going out? All flesh is grass and all its beauty. Now, it's a very difficult... uh, You notice there's... If you have an ESV or my ESV there, has a little note on this one. Because the word there is chesed all its chesed, uh, often covenantal faithfulness, this word with such rich meaning. Um, and so other, others have said all its constancy or all its commitment um, is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Um, We could also translate that. There's two perfects there. We could also translate it as the grass has withered. Um, The flower has faded because the breath of the Lord has blown on it. God's people have experienced judgment. This isn't so much a statement just about the transitory nature of of life in a general sense, but about God's people experiencing His judgment because they are sinners. And so how can you provide comfort if that is what the people are like? They are like grass. They are like, right, their constancy like the flower. It fades, it withers, when God comes to judge. And verse 8 then, and maybe even just the last bit of verse 7, is then a response to that. Saying, yes, that is true. Surely the people are grass. Yes, the people are grass. This is true. The grass withered, the flower faded, but there's something in contrast. But the word of our God will stand forever. He changes the verb tense there to this imperfect, will stand forever. Yes, the people are sinners. They've experienced judgment. That is what they have known. But this comfort comes not because of something new the people do. But because of something new, God does. His his breath had come in judgment, but now his word comes to provide comfort to his people, to proclaim something new. Verse 8 is this response to the prophet's question. And as we think of that, and then read the other sections in in Isaiah 40, and I'd recommend you do that, you see then why it focuses on God. The other sections we have in in chapter 40 focus on His sovereign power, His creative power, His his incomparability to the idols round about to anything else. Um, Because as, the, uh, um, as he provides this comfort to his people, he needs to point and uh, take their eyes off of themselves and put it fully on God. He is the one that will provide this and all their objections, all their questions, he will be the one who will bring it about. And that's what then... We get developed as we continue on through Isaiah is how this will happen, leading up to isaiah fifty three and so we'll we 'll end this morning looking again at that uh, question in chapter in verse uh, twenty seven and reading the words that come out of there and and as you see they're they're questioning and then it's looking right um, ex- them, them, uh, sorry, ex- exhorting them to look fully to God for what they cannot provide themselves. Uh, so verse 27, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word of comfort that will not return void because you accomplish it. And as we fail each and every day, as we're shown through your law to be sinners, uh, as we're shown to be those who still, who still so often act in rebellion against you, may we come and know the sweet salvation that we have, the confidence that we can have as we bring and confess um, and as we come with godly sorrow uh, before you because of Christ's completed work. And so may we run and have this joy and strength uh, that comes only by you, the joy of your salvation. And bless our efforts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California, 2019. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way, and do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.